All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. Niku Smith, our petrol head, how are yeah. you? I am good, Michelle. How are you? Was it a cortado? <laughs> you know me too well. Indeed, it was. <laughs> I'm getting boring now, but indeed, it was a cortado. You got to challenge us, Pearl. You got to challenge us. No, I'm waiting for I... the day you have a cafe latte. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> 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 it's a wild day. That, yeah, um, <laughs> That's not something you're going to naturally do. Like, not necessarily, but it's okay. I'll have a Americano later, just for some. Okay, so let's just put the number out for everyone who wants to uh, either call us, WhatsApp us, SMS us. We've got a couple of questions coming. We'll get to them in a moment. If you want to call us on the phone, the old-fashioned line, just go for it. Oh eight six. Triple zero two zero three two zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. WhatsApp is oh six one four one zero four one zero seven oh six one four one zero four one zero seven. And as you know, Twitter is at SAFM Radio hashtag SAFMJSB. Nico, I hear that you are getting excited about uh, the twenty twenty three Toyota Prius. Yes, exactly. And I, I want to actually talk about the design. Well, in this case, I just want to talk about design because um, so the car is now released. Or Toyota's actually released images of the, <clears throat> the 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 new Prius. And if I look at this car, it's just absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if you, what do you think about the design? If you look at the older Priuses, they're never pretty things. They're just actually, uh, yeah, they mm. almost. I would say to me, yeah, they were they weren't pretty cars. Really, they weren't. But they had great fuel consumption, um, and they were practical. Um, and I think that um, probably Toyota realized that part of that market um, is moving to a younger market. And they don't necessarily only want the practicality of a Prius or the fact that it's really, really fuel efficient. They want a car that's great, good looking. And if you look at this car, I could have this in my garage any day. I'd really love pretty. to have this in my garage. It looks amazing. So it reminds me um, sort of, of or, or the reason why I showed you these images, because when I looked at this, it also I, I started thinking about you know how design works normally mm. for car manufacturers, because... Um, uh, a lot of car manufacturers, the, the main reason people buy the cars is design. So design would be, or the way the car looks, would be for a lot of people the number one reason. Of course, there could be reasons that you want the car that's practical or a car that's safe. But design is always up there. And, yeah. and this car is now an even, uh, a, a revolution in design. So there's always two ways of looking at car design. Um, so car manufacturers, a car normally has a lifetime of eight years or seven or six years. The Germans tend to have it a bit longer and eight years. Um, and somewhere in the middle, you might get a facelift, but after a certain amount of time, you release a new model. And then your choices are to either have an evolution of the design. In other words, um, sometimes you have to say, is that the, the old one or the new one? So the design is more is evolved, um, and then you get a revolution in design, which is what the Prius is. In other words, it looks completely different than the previous generation. Um, so I think that's, you know, if you look at the, in the case of the Prius from the front, it's really really a pretty car so all if you do if you want to see what it looks like um, you just simply search 2023 toyota prius and then go to toyota's website and you can see the images there um where you look at another one that's definitely um in the case um, um revolution is bmw now with design if you look at the design of their cars they the new 7 series they've now facelifted the x5 x7 these cars have a completely redesigned front end um mm. with, uh, and the big if you look at the uh, in the four series, that big kidney grill um, really gets people talking, and people either love it or hate it. But it's, you know, if you look at BMW on their their side, they're saying this is what we want to do. This has always been 
sort of part of their DNA is having these cars that are out there that get people talking, like if you go back to that 7 Series, where if you look at Mercedes-Benz, um, I'm currently driving the new C-Class, and we'll talk about that next week, it's more of an evolution. So on the outside, you have you are pressed to say, if you don't know the car well, is that the, the, the old one or the new one? So that it's more of an evolution than a revolution. Yeah. Um, so, and, and of I mean, course that... I, yeah. I, I'm just looking at this, the front... Um a grill, it's hardly a grill, actually, of the new Toyota Prius. And it really, the front of this car looks quite different to most other cars we've seen. That's the thing. Uh, um, manufacturers are doing a lot more to make the cars stand out. If you look yeah. at the, recently with Kia and Hyundai, um, where they've evolved in their cars. Um, if you look at the Chinese car manufacturers now as well, in South Africa, you, you're getting a lot more Chinese cars. So those manufacturers are also... Um, uh, you know, working hard on the design of the cars. If you look at new, the latest new uh, Range Rover, I haven't driven it. I've seen some of the pictures, um, and it's more of an evolution, although it really looks gorgeous. So those are the two schools, and there's always a danger with a revolution because it could affect the, 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 the value of the older cars and even that car. So if a car doesn't age well, then that's going to affect the, the, you know, the value of the car. Yeah. So if you really go way out with the design of the car, it could actually affect you know, after four years, people really think it's ugly, and then you know that's going to have an effect on the value. Where if the, sometimes if the, the design is more evolved after three or four years, uh, the car actually can simply because of the design hold the value better. So that also has an effect. Uh, inside, I don't think it's that exciting, if I'm honest. Um, it's a bit more conservative on the inside, um, but on the outside, you know. In other words, I'm not saying it's bad on the inside, and I'm only looking at the pictures, but a lot more conservative compared to what we see on the outside of the Prius. Really pretty. So um, tell me what you think about this as a new hybrid version. I mean, it's they're always doing a hybrid version, but is this going to be something different to what we've had in the past? Exactly. And that, I mean, I think for the intern for South Africa, a car you could consider if you're looking at fuel consumption. Um, and the Prius has always sort of had a sort of consistent following, not necessarily lots. They're selling, uh, you know, and high volumes like a Corolla. Of course, the car is a bit more expensive. But if you go to places like Singapore, the taxis in Singapore, lots and lots of them are Priuses. Was it pre I? I don't know. But in South Africa, you know, with a car that's this good, good looking, um, basically, it, I think it, it actually will have an effect worldwide on the sales of the car. As I said, I, I think I actually quite, I really think the car on the outside is pretty. It's more, more of a coupe design, you know, lot, lots more, lot, a lot sleeker. And a lot of lot less things that stand out that are also, you know, almost, yeah, they, they, to me, they looked out of place. This car is really pretty. So, okay, that is the new um, Toyota Prius. You you haven't driven it yet, but it, when is no, it coming it, into I, South Africa? I don't know. I think uh, uh, hopefully next year. But, I mean, so normally what happens is the Toyota just released images now. So yeah. the, how, these, how it works with a new car is the manufacturer itself launches images mm-hmm. into the market. So they'll say, okay, this is the new car. And if you don't see it on the car manufacturer website, just as an aside, it's not really from them. So there's a lot of people on the internet that are, are good with, with programs where they manipulate images and they say this is the new one. Other words say they basically um, have, let's call it artist renderings. And if you really want to know if that car is available, then in this case, let's say, we'll use this now, Toyota's example, they'll release images on Toyota's website to say this is the car. And then um, there will be a press release internationally. So what will happen next is that they'll um, invite the press, international press, um, to a press event um, where they then internationally launch that. So then that goes out again. Then after, let's say, 
six months or a year or whatever time it takes to get the car into our market, there'll be a local press launch. And then in the local press launch, they'll see what the South African spec is of the cars. They get to drive the cars on South African roads. And that effectively is also the start of retail. So in other words, it's always on the website first. Get an international launch, and you'll find that in print and social media, and you'll find that everywhere. Um, then after a certain amount of time, there's a local launch. And then when the local launch is normally, as it hits the, the, the newspapers or magazines, then the cars are immediately available. Okie dokes. All right. All right. Is, that, is that what you're offering us? Do you want me to go and ask <laughs> some questions? Yeah, let's, you know what, actually, let's jump, before we continue with offerings, let's jump into the questions, you, because I like those the most. Let me give you a few of the questions that have come up. I'm just going to go and try and find one of them that was here. Okay, so Trevor Mkabela wants to know, uh, Trevor is driving a 1.4 Polo 93. Is it 9 N3 or 93? Probably 93. Oh, 93. And he says yeah. he wants to put a 2.0 engine or even a 1.6 engine into the same make of car, but he's not sure if it fits or if it's suitable. Can one even do that? You can. I mean, um, you, you, I, I personally wouldn't do that um, yeah. uh, because you can. Uh, but, so in other words, if you want to do that, ideally you want to say, okay, in that polar range, what engines were available? So let's say there was, a, let's say for the sake of the argument, there was a 1.4 and a 1.6 and even a 2 liter. And you, if you then put a 2 liter in that is from that era, I guess you could do it. Let's say there was a car that was crashed from the back and the engine is fine, you can do it. Um, but again, um, you know, it's not going to be a brand new engine. So I don't know how much problems are from that older engine. Maybe the engine is fine. So you, you have to make sure that it's an engine that was fitted into a Polo. Even if it's a newer version, maybe the car, the, the engine mounts might be in a different place and it might not fit. Um, if you're going to an engine that doesn't fit, and as soon as you've got to sort of move things around a little bit, a little bit to make them fit, that just invites problems um, in the future. So the, if it doesn't fit literally 100%, you could actually, you know, with damage you your car, to, you're going to have to make modifications. And those modifications could mean that the things don't fit properly, it's not going to be something that's going to last you a long time. So if you want to fit an engine, um, look for an engine that was in that similar time. So in other words, what, what, if you look at a 93 Polo, what other engines were available at that time? Uh, do they, you know, because those engines would fit in sweetly. If yeah. that, there's no word like that. But, um, yeah. you know, and if you can find one that was totaled at the back and the engine's still fine, you could do that. But, um, you know, if you go to, let's say, a 2014 Polo engine, that's, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if the mounts are exactly the same and fit exactly the same to the gearbox. Um, and, and that could invite problems. And I'm not sure why you want to do it. Do you want, want extra power? Do you want better fuel consumption? Sometimes it's almost better to buy a newer car that you don't have problems. But again, a new car is much more expensive. But if it was me, I would just be happy. If you're really, if you're a, also, again, if you're a good mechanic and you know what you're doing, that also makes a difference. If you're doing it from home without the right tools or proper knowledge, it could also invite problems in the future. So there we go, Trevor. If you are listening, um, hopefully you can um, advise us on what your decision is as you move forward. Are you going to put that two-point engine or 1.6 engine in a 1.493 Polo? I say, I think that sounds pretty freaking dodgy. Um, not that I think Trevor's being dodgy, but I just think it could really damage your car unless... Well, it depends on also what you want to do with a car. If it's not your daily and you just want you, you want a car that's faster and, and you want to... Add a turbo for on the weekend. You know, I don't, yeah, so I don't know what you're doing with the car. If it's your daily driver, um, it's not something you want to mess around because 
I, I don't want to get stuck in South Africa next to the side of the road anyway. So yeah. I don't want a car that's not reliable. For me now, that's, I think for a lot of South Africans, that's unfortunately changed. Before, if your car broke down, you'd be okay. Nowadays, if your car breaks down, in this is where you don't want that to happen. So for me, reliability has now moved up quite high. It was yeah. always there, but it's even moved up higher. I don't want a car that breaks down. Yeah. Um, so yeah. You, you might invite that. Okay, there's a question from Michael in saying, Michael Billsbury, saying, cars with electric windows, why does the passenger window not have a one-touch function to close the window like the driver's side does? Um, it depends on the, I think it depends on the car and the manufacturer. Some cars have a one-touch function on all the windows. Some cars, um, they only had it on the driver's window. So I'm not sure what your particular car is, but... It is actually almost as a feature on the high-end car. So the entry-level car might have one touch on the driver only, and the higher-up might have one touch on, on both sides. Um, on some cars, you can actually program it. So um, what you could do is, I'll, you know, if you want to find out if it's, um, if it's possible or not, um, when you service the car at the manufacturer, again, I don't know what the car is, you can ask, you know what, um, um, how does this one-touch function work? Because I know in my car, I've lost the one-touch function, but I think it's press it down. <coughs> when the window's down, I hold it down for five seconds, pull it up. When the window's up, hold it up for five seconds, and then the one touches back in my car. I can't remember exactly what. But um, it can be programmed, but it's simply a, 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 what the manufacturers that time did because they would say the driver drives them more. It's a bit of an extra feature. We're only giving it to the driver. Most cars now, if you're buying a new car, uh, especially if it's, a little bit more medium price or high price will have one touch of all windows. So I'm just going to go back to Trevor because Trevor's responded saying it's a Polo 9N3, not 1993. Um, what is a 9N3? It's an engine number or a, a car number. So in other words, um, so if I say Polo, you go, which one would it be? So um, manufacturers um, uh, have numbers for their cars. So again, I'm not, I'm not exactly sure what, what Polo that is because I don't know the specific numbers of each car. So, for example, let's use BMW. They would say it's an E90. And if I say E90, and a lot of people would know what BMW that is. Or if I say Mercedes-Benz W124, that would be a Mercedes-Benz from the 1980s. So, um, car manufacturers have um, those numbers that help them say what year it is. So, if I say um, it's an Audi A4 B9, you would know, okay, that's that A4. So in other words, manufacturers use those certain numbers and to distinguish. And sometimes it's internally known only, and sometimes it's known out there almost at the public talk about that. So um, you don't even know what a 9N3 is? I'm not sure what, no, I don't. I don't know exactly what, which polo it is. I, I have to say, I don't know if you realize it, I don't know everything. That's just, just, just <laughs> If you didn't know it now... Then yeah. not, but record this moment where I admit freely, I don't know everything. Okay, well, There's if, a lot of if, if know. someone knows what a 9N3 is, and I mean, I'm sure that Trevor will get back to us on that one as well. What, yeah, what, what year polo would that be? What would that be exactly, Trevor? Just um, for our guy who's not actually a petrol head, he's just a cool guy. So then we've got a question. <laughs> it's not really a question, it's a comment. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a comment from our, our, our regular hippie saying, so how's that McMurty at the Goodwill Hill Climb? Six seconds out of the record, 2,000 HP. Far out, man. Say that again? Say the whole thing again? He says, so how's that McMurty at the Goodwood Hill Climb? Six seconds out of the record, 2,000 HP. Far out, man. Cool, dude. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> is that all you're going to say? Yes, I'm, 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 yes, yes. Okay, well, there cool, you go. Dude. Cool, dude. Yes. All right. So, um, Mdu has very kindly explained to us what a Polo 9N3 is. The yes. original 9N, or fourth generation Polo, was released in 2002 and midway through the noughties. They launched a facelift that most people refer to as the 9N3 shape. You can hear me oh. tapping my finger so that you can understand. Facelift, oh, wait, I can't see. Facelifted 9N3 model was released from 2006 until 2009, until the 6R Polo came onto the scene. So what we're doing is we're looking at a car that's 2006 to 2009, the Polo. It looks a bit like, when I look at the pictures, it almost looks a little bit like the GTI. Maybe, um, maybe well, you, no, it's just, just an old Polo, Polo, just an old Polo. No, you had a Polo GTI version of that car. So okay. there was definitely a Polo GTI, but again, I don't know if it's your daily driver or what you want. I think my, my previous comments still apply, it's just as a different, whatever the year is, it still would apply. Yeah. Modifications to cars can lead to problems if you're adding a new engine that doesn't fit. Okay. It, it's been done. I mean, if I go back to when I was at school, and we went on a matric break with some of my friends, and they had a combi, and a lot of people at that time, combi engines weren't great. They had like smaller engines or two liters or 2.1s, and a lot of people would put the SX V6 Ford in there. So they had a Ford engine, which is a V6, known as the SX V6, into yeah. those combis. And they were actually great. They had a lot of power. I think reliability was actually really not bad at all. So it definitely, I'm not saying it can't be done, um, but you know, you need to really know your stuff as you do. Okay, cool. Carl is just suggesting that I must be right, saying McMurtry, McMurtry, McMurtry at the Goodwill Hill climb, six <laughs> seconds out of re- out of the record, two thousand <laughs> HP far out, man. Peace, brother. Okay, you get it. That was really good. Yeah. That was really good. I'm I'm getting I'm getting flagged for my fake accents all okay. the time because I make up accents with their bad. Yours is good. McMurtry. Okay, so now Brian Murray, who's of course a regular listener on SFM, has said, please mm-hmm. can you ask the fuel chef <laughs> to sing a song, happy birthday, for one of his loyal listeners who's celebrating his birthday today, Elvis Presley. Really? Apparently Elvis Presley is celebrating his birthday and he is a loyal listener. So that's Brown well, my sister's. Uh, well, well done, because it, uh, well, congratulations. It's also my sister's birthday. So happy birthday, Sissy. Um, it's, a, it's a good day to have a birthday then. I don't hear the song, though. Uh, no, I sing and ain't my thing. So moving on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Louis says, please help me to convince myself Oh, yes. Louis and Limpopo. Like Louis, you, like lo- you need to, you need to, please help, you have to help Louis convince himself that bigger mm-hmm. is not better. That is so true. Louis, I can give you advice on that from every single one in the team right here. So I want to buy a half ton Bucky like a Nissan NP200, but then I looked at the price. I could buy a bigger second-hand Bucky, a Ford, an old Hilux, which I also love, but the NP200 will be brand new will serve all the purposes for... No, you, Louis, you're trying to make us persuade you not to buy a second-hand Bucky. You want us to tell you that a smaller Bucky, which costs more, is better because it's cuter. That's what Louis is saying. I know the NP200 will be brand new and will serve all the purposes which I want it for, and it's cuter. But I can't get over knowing that I can buy a big one-ton Bucky for the same amount. I'm confused. What should Louis do? This sounds like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy answer because uh, if you're buying something from you, then you are the owner always. If you're giving all the services, then you know the reliability record. 
However, if you get a very good one-ton bucky that's been looked after well, um, where the parts are easily available, then you're getting a vehicle that's a bit bigger, that can carry a, a bigger load, that probably rides a little bit better, um, has, has more space. So it is actually a difficult one um, because there's pros and cons for each one. So it comes down to the money, I guess, and how much you want to spend. And if you want a newer, smaller vehicle, uh, what I would do is, you know, if you're not sure, just go drive them and, and search a little bit. There's, if you're not in a rush, go f- drive a new MP200, drive it around for a little bit, go for a nice long test drive, then start looking around at second-hand buggies. Where is he from Limpopo, right? Yes. Where is he from? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I he doesn't Le say what town. Yeah, in right? Limpopo. So I would, I would then go look around at second-hand um, buggies, one-tonners, uh, in my price range. I would test drive those. I would go drive around, see what they like, spend a bit of time pressing some buttons, looking at the service history. So if you're buying the second-hand one, a full service history is quite important. Look at the quality of the seats and the pedals and the load bay. Um, you can even get a deco report and then make your decision that way. But both this, it is a difficult one. I understand why, because there's pros and cons for, for each one. And Louis, I, I I'm, just, Louis I'm just looking at your message and the emoji that you've put out. You say, the half-ton bucky like the Nissan NP200, but when I look at the price, and then your emoji is this like absolutely horrified emoji. And I think <laughs> if one has to take that into account, then perhaps you need to get the second hand. Maybe the second hand's it, a little Maybe cheaper. that, you know, exactly. Or, or you could just get a demo. Already if you're buying a demo, you're not losing that amount of money driving it out of the showroom. So you, look, you also look at the price of a demo MP200, or even look at a one- or a two-year-old MP200. Maybe you can find one of those. Then the price is much less, but you're still getting the... Because it seems like you want the MP200. The price is the, in, the issue. So maybe look at some demos or one or two-year-old cars. Louis, let us know what you decide. Sorry, we couldn't help you decide. And anyway, we couldn't take that responsibility on. It's got to be you who decides finally. Um, Frank says to you, Nico, the Polar N9 mm-hmm. Triptronic on braking, the RPMs rise to 1,100 RPMs. Then you take your foot off the brake and reapply, and the RPMs stabilize to normal. He says, I put a VAGCOM scanner on, and it's not picking up anything. I have no idea what a VAGCOM scanner is. What mm-hmm. is that, and what does he do? Okay, so in other words, when he's breaking the revs, Clyde. Yeah. So remember we said earlier in the show, I don't know everything, and there's a point where my knowledge goes down. I, I'm not sure why that happens. So effectively, you normally plug a, a VAS machine. So a car has an OBD port, uh, that car, and in other words, a, a diagnostic port. And when you plug in a VAS uh, a, a machine, they give you certain readings. So you can go into the history and uh, certain things and read, have, uh, and that's what I think he's talking about. You can get certain information from there, but there's a point where it might be worthwhile to go to Volkswagen dealer then to have them plug it in or look at why it, it happens. But um, when you're breaking, the rev shouldn't climb up. I'm not, but I'm not sure why that happens. I'm sure there's a qualified technician out there that knows, but I don't know, but it, it shouldn't happen. So it's something you need to so check out. it's up. definitely wrong. Okay, quickly, oh, yeah, right. quickly, quickly, we've got one minute. Ash wants to know, Ash has a Chev Optra 2006. Is it a good car to keep for more year, years on the, more years to come? I suppose if it's paid off, yes, it's a very good car. If it's paid off and you can get parts easily, and, and you've been the owner, why do you want to, you know, spend a lot of money for a new one? If you have the money, then go for it. But if you don't want to spend the money and you've had it since new, and then you don't have issues, um, um, just service it regularly. But a car is like is, is not like red one; it's not going to get better. So as the car gets older, things will have to be replaced. Yeah, but let's also be aware that next year may be a very tough year 
and we need to uh, make sure. Look at the interest rate. That's also that soon affect your decision. I mean, I think it's going to go. It's probably going to go up again next year. So already, don't put yourself in a bind. Uh, You know, it's it's going to cost you more. Yeah. Okay. I think we've. uh, Okay. Can you answer this in in one second? I don't think you can. But like, what is the value of the two thousand and seven Mercedes Benz one eighty Elegance? A hundred thousand, a hundred kilometers. Hundred. Um, go to a dealer, ask them. Um, just pick up the phone, phone a Mercedes-Benz dealer, ask them. They should give you the trade and retail value. Okay, bye. Nine o'clock. Bye. Time for the Have news. Good morning.